Lovely returns to World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason today for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation, the 92nd of them. I'm Tom D'Antoni. I've been here for all of them. Karen has finished her new album, but it isn't out yet. She's got some crowdsourcing to finish up. It's been a great year for her since she was here in the fall of 2015. Her last album was a hit. We'll find out all about it and also about her new album, which was recorded with some heavyweights in Los Angeles. She's been touring everywhere in the U.S. and the world. She's one of the most refreshing personalities in the blues or any other world. And she makes no bones about her politics. Let's catch up with Karen Lovely, okay? Karen, welcome back to the cupping room. Hey, Tom. How you, are you? You've been here before. I have. Yeah, a long time ago. it's been too long. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been, it's, it has been a long time. Um, uh, let's see. The first one we did was Coffee Shop Conversation number 45. Yeah. And this is number 95. Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of talking. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Or it might be, it, I, this, this is the 95th one we're recording. I, 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 have, I have some in the can. If I might decide to play this earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just week to week. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last time you were here, you had a new record out. Yeah, was that 10 Miles Bad Road? And it I did think it great. Was. Yes, it did really well. Um, it, uh, in and fact, still is, I hope. Yeah, um, it w- one of the things that was really exciting to me was uh, finding out in January that Downbeat picked the record as one of the best of 2016. So I was really pretty excited about that. Um, and they gave it a four-star review, and uh, it, it did really well. So I'm, And now I've got a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, let's hear about it. Um, I actually think, well, it's, it's called Fish Out of Water. Uh-huh. And um, Eric Korn produced it. He produced Walter Trout's uh, mm-hmm. and John Mayles records. He's a really amazing guy to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work with him because he's he's a songwriter mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I you know I had I, I really treasured working with Dennis and and Alan Riccatani because they were mm-hmm. such great songwriters as well as producers. Yeah. And I think you know songwriter producers maybe have a different approach to um, to the record. I don't know, it's kind of like the old school way of doing records. Uh, you know, you work with a producer and uh-huh. songwriter. Anyway, I really like Eric's work, so I wanted to do this record, which is very different from my last one. Um, and I, I really think it's the best that I've done. Huh. And I mean, I was really proud of 10 Miles of Bad Road. Yeah. But this one is, this one is different. This one is, is um, more political. Uh-huh. And, um, and I think, you know, Eric contributes the political songs uh-huh. to this. But uh-huh. um, And then I, I really wanted to do more to address domestic violence and sexual assault. And uh-huh. Those kinds of issues that are really important to me that uh-huh. um, I, you know, I want to try to be a, a voice for the people that, that can't speak about these things. Uh-huh. And also just open up a dialogue and, and, you know, keep these issues at the forefront. Because they're important, especially now with, you know, 45 in office. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Believe me, this subject has come up in here. <laughs> about, about it's Portland, Oregon. I can say blah. <laughs> yeah, you can say any. You can say it anywhere. That's right. You can say it anywhere. Yeah. 
uh, about you know how, how how difficult, more difficult it is mm-hmm. to do anything to get out of fucking bed. Right? No kidding. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, it's true. But, yeah, no, a lot really of people true. are really depressed and yeah. fearful, and right. and I, right. I mean really scared. Yeah. And I'm one of them. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> yeah. So am I. Yeah. And I, you know, I think um, that's one of the reasons why um, when we got into this record, you know, back in September when the, mm-hmm. the election was just going on and, yeah. you know, we were, a lot of the songs that we wrote kind of touched on some of the issues that were coming up during the campaign. Uh-huh. And um, Like so, what, for instance? Um, you know, I, th- I think how, well, pretty much... I don't even like to say his name. I'm just going to say Crazy 45. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really disparaging to people who have mental illness. Um, yes. Because he's got a personality disorder, not right. a mental illness. Right. But um, I think, you know, certainly a lot of the, the human rights that, mm-hmm. you know, were have been eroded, but back then it was just a topic of conversation yeah. for the campaign trail. where you know, So, so how do you address that in a song? Um, well, a couple of ways, you know, uh, Eric wrote, I think probably one of the most political songs in the record, there are a couple that are very, very much so. One mm-hmm. is Waking Up the Dead, mm-hmm. and the other is Molotov Cocktails, mm. and I think they, <laughs> Waking Up the Dead has really, um, you know, most definitely described what what was happening with the American political process, mm-hmm. and... Um, and then for me, you know, uh, I you know wrote a song called Haiti's Bride, uh-huh. which really directly deals with domestic violence and um, and abuse. And then uh, you know, I, I wrote a song with Eric. It's actually Eric's song, and and uh, he asked me to co-write it with him called Big Black Cadillac. And uh-huh. again, that's just another yeah. uh, another way that I wanted to deal with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You know, there. You can't just do songs that are politically and socially active and expect people to hear them. They have to be great songs. Yeah. And yeah. so they are. The right. the music is definitely there, and uh-huh. um, and we got a killer band. Eric got some really great people to play on the record. So we got Rick Holmstrom, uh-huh. um, who's Mavis Staples' guitar player. Yeah. Uh, we got Doug Pettibone. Who you know listened to Williams and then yeah. Taras Pradonik was the bass player who's done a lot with Dwight Yoakam and Lucinda and all kinds of people and and uh, Matt Teku who's Jennifer Magnus's drummer uh-huh. um, was a session player Ben Rice played guitar there you go. which is really fun he came down yeah. to L A with me and uh-huh. uh, we did a couple of songs and then uh, I, there's a couple of songs that I wrote with Mark Bowden who is uh-huh. also you know my guitar player yeah. my touring guitar player yeah. and uh, and. I think one of the hardest working guys in Portland. <laughs> yeah. He's and there's a guy from X on the, on the album. Yeah, DJ Bonebreak. It's amazing. I saw that. <laughs> and I went, holy shit, DJ Bonebreak is on Karen's. Look at this. I know, and it sounds amazing. And uh, Does he play marimba? What? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, He's not known generally in the music world as a marimba player. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's really funny. We had we had some really unusual kinds of things on this on um, on waking up the dead, which uh-huh. is this uh, you know that we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. And there, it was really funny. Um, there was a you know because a lot of the the um, oh what's the word that I want uh, anyway a, a lot of the instrumental stuff w- uh-huh. was added after we did uh-huh. the, you know we did the main tracking. Yeah. 
at uh, at King Size Studio in LA, mm-hmm. and then I would fly back up to Portland, and then um, you know Eric would add some of the overdubs with uh-huh. depending on you know like B three or you know whatever, yeah. and I wasn't there for all of that stuff. And uh-huh. So he had one session where we were adding on um, I think it was saxophone or whatever, and and uh, when I came down to do vocal overdubs, Eric said I got a little surprise for you. I want you to hear you know waking up the dead. And David Relic did this. He played cornet on it, and it wow. sounds fabulous. It's kind of like this, yeah. Yeah. this kind of, you know, anthemic but twenty sounding, uh-huh. you know, super uh-huh. retro contemporary hip gotcha. interpretation. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I freaking love it. I just love huh. what you know what they've done. And and I got to use strings on one of this on two of the songs, uh-huh. which was really cool. And uh, I'm I'm looking here because I want to make sure that you don't I leave have, anybody out. I don't leave anybody out. Right. And so I got <laughs> to go okay. to my I got to go here and this look is not up, the first time. There's a I've cast of thousands on this record. Right. Right. So yeah, we had uh, and and some of the players is really interesting. Um, you know, we had uh, uh, Phil Parla piano played Hammond organ and, and piano, and uh-huh. he's worked with John Prine and Rod Stewart and Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> And then um, we had you know, well, DJ, no, no, DJ Bone Break. I told you about that. Wait uh, a minute. Those, th- those three bands don't seem to go together. <laughs> well, John there's, Prine, even, there's even more. John Prine. It, it gets crazier. There's, oh, it, uh, it John Prine. John uh, Prine, yeah. Toad and, the Wet Sprocket uh, and Rod Stewart. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. And then, um, and then we had, oh, like Sasha Smith played Wurlitzer and piano, and uh, he's worked with Tom Waits, Walter Trout, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the string section was was really really interesting. They've they've worked with pretty much everybody, and that's Eric Gorfain and Richard Dodd, and they've worked mm-hmm. with Christina Aguilera, Ryan Adams, Boz Skaggs, <laughs> Stefan Grappelli, Robert and Karen, Plant, and Karen Tom Petty and the Heartbreaks, and Karen Lovely, and Karen Lovely. I that's know. right. <laughs> <laughs> So it was really there's some like amazing amazing musicians on the record wow. and um, and they were awesome to work with. Yeah. I mean, really. Uh, well, every every musician I've ever worked with on any record has mm-hmm. been really incredible and, and really sweet. But you know these guys were. Did they, these sessions go down differently from other records that you've made? Oh, actually, very very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of the other producers that I've worked with. You know, we've gone in and we've had like real. You know, okay, we get in the studio at 10.30 and we, mm-hmm. you know, we stop, we stop for the day at, you know, maybe four o'clock or something and, and, um, and it was kind of, you know, tightly scripted like that, you know, mm-hmm. we'll do, and then for 10 Miles of Bad Road, and, well, and for Still the Rain, um, and, uh, you know, I sang with the band and then I just did a, a few overdubs mm-hmm. after that. Um, with this last record, it was very, very different. We worked we maybe get to the studio at the band would get to the studio at 10 o'clock we start working you know maybe about 11 mm-hmm. and they would stay till 9 10 o'clock eric who is one of the nicest guys on earth mm-hmm. he's canadian nice you know oh, yeah. that's a different kind of nice altogether yeah. Yeah. um canadians when they want you to leave for the day they they ask you if you want water <laughs> <laughs> But um, Eric, funny. Eric's approach is really funny. He would he would say, um, you know, we would cut cut a track and then we'd go listen to it and he'd pull the musicians and he'd say, so you know, how do you how do you feel about that? You know, you, you feel okay because 
you know, if you're good with it, I'm good with it. Mm -hmm. And they would listen, and inevitably one of them would say, yeah, I I, I think I could do better. I think I got better Uh in me for Uh that. And and then one by one, like dominoes, the rest would say, I I think I could do a better job too. (laughs) And they'd all go back in there, and they were, you know, like I said, would would finally leave, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And they were... They were just happy and sweet, and they, you know, they really had one one goal, which is to make the best record that yeah. they could. And they, I think, worked as hard for me as as they did for you know Lucinda or Dwight Yoakam or any of the yeah. you know superstars that they've worked with. How do you feel at the end of a day like that? Pretty pretty humbled and pretty grateful. I I got to tell you. Um, you know, like I said, they, they, I would just sit there and listen to these guys play. And, you know, in fact, Ben Rice was there for a couple of them. And the two yeah. of us were just sort of, you know, super starstruck. Mm. And, um, you're like, wow. And at one point, um, <laughs> at one point, I think Taras Perdaniuk, who's bass player and, um, oh, I forget who else it was, but, uh, anyway, they they were outside and they had Dwight Yoakam on speakerphone wishing him happy birthday and they were <laughs> talking to him and and Ben came back and he's like oh my god Karen <laughs> they've got Dwight Yoakam on speakerphone holy cow I'm like trying to eavesdrop but not eavesdrop if you know what I mean <laughs> and so it was really it was really kind of cool to you know just um just be working with people like that and uh-huh. And and they, and they were so nice. And then when we did the overdubs, um, you know, I've never, I've always just done these kind of, you know, sing live with the band yeah. and kind of, you know, with yeah. 10 Miles of Bad Road. It was, uh-huh. um, you know, we just, it was really organic. The the whole process was very organic. And, um, you know, most of the overdubs that I would do would be to correct pitch and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was really funny, you know, working with, with, uh, with Eric, especially, you know, and say, well, because nowadays with, with digital stuff, you can, you know, if, if there's if there's a note that's a little bit pitchy or something like that, they they can easily correct it. Yeah. And um, <coughs> and and with Eric, I'd be, you know, I say, do you, you know, do you want to auto correct that? And he said, well, do you plan on singing it in pitch live? <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I always know when I blow it. I always know when yeah. when something's not right. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so everything there was nothing auto corrected or huh. anything. It was all uh-huh. all just that was it. We yeah. we did the work. Wow. And um, even the vocal overdubs, I worked maybe ten, eleven hours. You know, huh. uh, on on doing those. And wow. we would do you know take after take to just make sure. You know, Eric's really a perfectionist. Uh-huh. And um, I think it shows in the in the in the record, you uh-huh. know, that uh-huh. um, just a- how powerfully we felt about the songs. The songs yeah. always come first in a record, uh-huh. and or they should, you uh-huh. know. It's really, uh, and I'm a contemporary blues artist, so I'm not not all my songs are one four fives or you know slow blues, yeah, or, yeah, or one chord wonders. Um, yeah. I, they're that's why I like working as a contemporary blues artist. Mm-hmm. Um, when so. you were thinking, when, when you were just in, in, the, in, in the thinking about stage uh-huh. of this album, you, you couldn't conceive that we would have ended up in the, in the situation we are in this country now. No, not at all. No, I, I, 
you know, in fact, it was really funny. Um, one of the things that I got to do is go to Iceland three times last uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. And I absolutely fell in love with the country and the people. Huh. And um, I just absolutely blew me away in the, in the way that their politics work over there. You know, when they had their banking crisis, they, they put those guys in, in jail. In jail, yes, yes. And yes. They're, it's a very feminist, progressive country. Uh-huh. And um, one of my friends, uh, Nick Jameson, was kind of on this huge, you know, daily tear about... 45, and yeah. who wasn't 45, obviously, at the time, right. but he was warning, It was saying, just a schmuck then. He, well, Nick was kind of like the canary in the in the coal mine, and he said, I'm telling uh-huh. you, this guy's got a real chance of winning yeah. because there's so yeah. many, you know, crazy people right. that, that, you know, he's got a real chance, and the and the media's giving him way too much attention, yeah. and um, and I thought, I thought, I thought Nick was just, you know, no way this is ever going to happen yeah. and and then it did and i think for for so many of us it was just incredible i mean i still can't even believe it and i right. and i really believe that the you know there was there was a lot of you know i mean the, the bullshit the, a lot of bullshit yeah you know why yeah. why even pretend right to me it's very obvious they you know they they yeah. hacked they did yeah. fake news they did you know, so many, so many things. So um, it must have been, you know, when you were thinking about making this album and, and what it was, what was going to be in it, you must have thought, holy shit, this thing, this, this stuff has come true and uh, there's even more of a need for this album now. Yeah, and you know, and it's, it's it, that's absolutely one of the things that happened because I first started writing songs. Um, you know, I had such a long hiatus between, not that I wanted it to be mm-hmm. this way, but... Yeah. It was a really long time between albums for me. You know, I did the Prohibition one that mm-hmm. was, you know, live recording at Jimmy Max, but um, really studio albums that had been years between Still the Rain and 10 Miles of Bad Road. Yeah. And I didn't want to wait that long. I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. hit the next one really hard. And uh, so I started writing songs. 10 Miles of Bad Road was released in October of 2015. And in yeah. January, I was writing with Mark Bowden for my next record. Wow. And, um, so I had I'd written songs with Mark and I had, you know, I had a really busy touring schedule last year. And when I finally met with Eric and we were talking about what kind of songs we want to do for the record, so we started talking about it in August and then, you know, really writing for it in, in September. And things had changed so much that I, you know, I've never really had any political songs on any of my records I know. before. This is a first for me. Yeah. And, um, but I felt... I listened to some of the songs that um, Eric had written, and and uh, I just thought, you know, these are songs that really need to to come out. And, and one of the things, you know, the history of the blues is about, you know, pretty much complaining about. Oh sure. About conditions and. Well, you remember what what it what it said? There was a little sign on Woody yeah. Guthrie's guitar. Yeah. <laughs> this guitar kills fascists. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's pretty much how how I, I feel about this is yeah. that, um, you know, th- things just were changing so, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And even, even in September, things were just so, so ugly and awful. Mm-hmm. And I think we finished recording, we recorded in October and November mm-hmm. and, you know, I was still adding songs in November. Really? In fact, wow. Hades Bride, I, th- I uh-huh. think I wrote, um, 
it was kind of a, a, a tribute for me. You know, Leonard Cohen passed away. Yes. And I had written this, the lyrics for this song, and um, I had, uh, I, I wanted to do something that was kind of, um, you know, kind of a paying homage to Leonard Cohen, who's yeah. one of my favorite songwriters. Yeah. And so this song kind of came together quickly like that, and ended up you know being on the on the record and, and ended up for me being one of the most powerful songs on, on the it's record. a real personal for you isn't it really very personal for me yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. so it sounds like it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it was also kind of that that that, uh, that 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 totally comes through thank you yes i i'm yeah. really glad you know i've i've um there have only been a handful of people that have actually heard <laughs> the record yeah um and i heard that and i wanted to punch that person in the mouth <laughs> you can't do that to her. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, there's um. I know it was uh. I've you know I lived I lived in uh. You know I hid a lot of my past for years and years uh -huh. and years, and then the more the more public my you know I I got with with blues and you know all of a sudden I wasn't just, you know, I lived in Ashland for years just kind of doing, I was a website developer and yeah. before that I was a photographer and, um, but, you know, I, with, I did websites for years and I was alone in my house and I really didn't have that many friends and, uh, you know, I was very isolated and music kind of brought me back into the land of the living and as, you know, as I kind of evolved from being this, you know, a, a singer who did Monday night jams and you know, little yeah. little Ashland, Oregon, yeah. to traveling all over the country. I realized that by coming forward with a lot of my personal stories, that I could reach people and have credibility for what I was talking about, sure. not just saying, "Hey, this is a social issue; you should do something about it." But right. hey, I lived this, and yeah. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. I went through a year of being homeless. I've gone. Yeah. I know what resources are there and are not there. Yeah. I know how long recovery takes for all of these things, and and the more I, I started talking about it, the more people started writing me and sharing their stories with me uh -huh. and saying, you know, I can't talk about this or these are issues or, you know, thank you for, for, for saying these things. And I just thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, in fact, I, it's one of the lines of my song is, you know, I, I carried the, the weight of your shame. And, and I think that's what a lot of survivors do, yeah. whether it's, yeah. you know, domestic violence or sexual assault. People don't want to hear about it. And the, and the victims, survivors, you know, feel like they did something wrong or they deserved it. And, mm -hmm. and certainly with sexual assault, that's the, the, you know, the attitude of a lot of people. It's the one crime, for example, that, the, the burden of proof is on the victim, not the yeah. you know, perpetrator. Yeah, yeah. You say, oh, my car got broken into, no one questions it. You say, my body got broken into, and yeah. they say, prove it. Yeah, yeah. You know. So anyway, that, that particular song was you know, Im important to me, and, and also because I got to put strings on it. Even yeah. that was yeah. empowering because uh, for years I've heard, you know, I hear music in my head, uh -huh. And I've I've wanted for ever since I started singing I wanted strings on on my record, yeah. and you know a lot of I've heard from a lot of you know as I work with producers it's it's sort of uh, you can't put that on a blues record, oh. or you got to have a shuffle you know oh. and mm -hmm. and so in this in this particular case um, you know I I've kind of gotten to the point.
point where I thought, you know, I'm a contemporary blues artist, and mm -hmm. I'm going to write the songs that I want to write. Yeah. And if they don't fit into a blues formula, um, then too bad. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like music is, is fluid in it, and, you know, blues didn't just come out of nowhere. It came right. out of other other yeah. musical forms, yeah. and, and then it evolved into jazz and, and yeah. Yeah. rock and roll and... Uh, you know well and, and that song does the thing that blues traditionally is supposed to do mm -hmm. which is how do they say give you a healing yeah you know I played a, I, I play a lot of tunes on my radio show that are in that vein I played uh -huh. I play actually Irma Thomas singing get you a healing written by, yeah. her, written by Alan Toussaint mm -hmm. and uh, that's what it's supposed to do yeah I couldn't agree more and to me I think you know the blue. To me, I, I want to be blues based. That's it's yeah. the, it's the it's the genre that you know speaks to my heart, mm -hmm. and it it affects every everything that I do as an artist. You know that's where I come from. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpret material. And but I still want to have the freedom to to do what I hear. And I you know I don't want to have this. To me, it's the antithesis of the blues is 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 demanding that blues conform to a particular style yeah that's you know silly. the whole traditional blues thing i mean it's and i'm not knocking that by any means i yeah i'm i'm a blues fan yeah. <laughs> first and foremost but i think to demand that in order to be a blues artist you have to you know have this rigid formula and so i did two things in this record that i never you know the first was you should have a shuffle because every blues record has a <laughs> shuffle. That's what blues fans want to hear. And you know, Eric actually had written this this shuffle, and uh -huh. um, and he and he played it for me. And I I said, nah, you know, I I I don't really want to. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I don't, don't want to do a and and it was called you know the good old days. Uh huh. And it was a really catchy tune, and it would have had you know yeah. the good old days. Yeah, yeah. The good old and and I said, but what good old days you're talking about? Yeah, right. You know, there weren't any good old days for me. Yeah. Not you know, are you talking yeah. about the good old days of racism? Or right. Misog you know, yeah. when women couldn't like when how far do you want to go back? Because yeah. you know, I was born in 1959, right. so yeah. I have a different. I remember the civil rights movement uh -huh. and. Uh, you know the way that women were treated in the 60s and the 70s and, and the women's liberation movement so to me it was kind of like you know I yeah. I just I don't want to tackle one more shuffle I feel like yeah. there are yeah. so many artists that are really good at blues shuffles mm -hmm. and let them do it that the, that the blues world does not need another shuffle from Karen Lovely <laughs> that, you know that I can maybe speak to different to something different yeah so you know, um, David Vest has an album called "Serve Serve Me Right to Sh Serve You Right to Shuffle." <laughs> Isn't that great? I love David Vest. He's got he's, he's got he's guy. got two incredible political songs on his new album. Really, I yeah. want to hear it. Devastate Devastating Rhythm is is, is is the name of the album. Uh, one is we're all we're all sharecroppers now, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that and that came out a year ago. Yeah, you know. Uh, but but David's up uh, David's up safe in Victoria. I know, I know. You know, it's really funny. Right after the election, I had I had friends from uh, Iceland and Canada both offer me sanctuary. They well, said, you know, if you want to move yeah, here, yeah. you you know, we'll we'll accept you. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, you know, for about a nanosecond, I seriously considered it because 
the prospect of what was going to happen to this country really terrified me. Right. You know, really, it really right. did. I mean, here's right. a guy who is a sexual predator and is advocating stoning women who've had abortions. Yes. And I'm thinking, he's, he's yeah. just, he's a sociopath, and I really yeah. believe that, right. you know, there's, there's no cure for them. But anyway, um, having said all of that on air, um, <laughs> Karen, yeah, lovely yeah, thing. You're, you're among friends. <laughs> I know. Believe me. But I thought, you know, first and foremost, I, I am an American citizen. I'm, a prou- I'm yeah. proud to be an American. Yeah. Yeah. I've been voting since I was 18. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my daughter has voted every year since she was 18. And my son was out, you know, um, stumping for Obama during the first election. He was go. just a little guy then. Yeah. So, um, You know, I the first time I voted, I, I, I voted for Spiro Agnew. Wow. Because he was running for the governor of Maryland. And the guy he was running against was this old racist wow. whose uh, motto was, your home is your castle, protect it, right? You know, keep black they people They never change these the, guys, do they? Well, but he, he was a Democrat. And wow. it was, and, and, and the primary was split, you know, and, and, and the two liberals lost. And this guy got in, and he was a Democratic ca- candidate. Wow. And Spiro Agnew was the moderate Republican. I got to tell you, that's trippy <laughs> as hell. <laughs> you tell me. You want to hear something else that's trippy? He went to my high school. <laughs> wow. Well, I grew up in Boston. And, yeah. and I remember when John Kennedy, you know, yeah. was, a lot, I mean, it was a huge deal in my house. I was only a little kid, yeah. but, yeah. I, you know, the celebration that my family had and then the, you know, the, yeah. the mourning right. for yeah, him, yeah. for Robert yeah. Kennedy, for Martin yeah. Luther King. Yeah. Those were huge, you know, as, as, you know, Catholic, liberal, progressives. Mm-hmm. That those events were huge, and I'll never forget them. You know, they had. Oh yeah, event. I was in high school. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. It was just yeah. you know, yeah. it was like Vietnam right, War, right to yeah. the heart. And you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. to to have had you know eight years of of you know increasing progression with Obama and the Affordable Care Act. That, oh yeah. You know, half yeah. those knuckleheads don't mm-hmm. even know. No. Well, I'm not worried about losing Obamacare. Damn Obamacare! I got, I got affordable. You know, jeez. <laughs> yes. I, I, so I don't know. I don't know where half the, the people must live to have. Well, they get all their news know. from Fox. That's oh, it. well, that's okay. where that's, that's where that, 45 that. gets his news. Yes, that's true. That's why they all those problems they had in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Sweden and Bowling Green. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Um, oh my goodness. So we're going to put we're going to put, uh, we're gonna put uh, the Hades song on the oh, end, at, at the end of uh, when we ever oh, whenever great. whenever we finish talking to each other. I know we jaw a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, who who is in your traveling band now these days? Um, actually, you know, it's been kind of funny. The uh, I've done a lot of shows with Ben Rice, uh-huh. and well, Mark Bowden has been playing with me for uh, a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and in fact. Um, Mark, we did a show in Poland and Iceland, and mm-hmm. uh, we use our the Icelandic rhythm section to back mm-hmm. us up. But I think you know the the whole travel thing with the blues now. It's really it, it's not easy. There's 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 yeah. really no money in right. touring at all. And in fact, when I've when I've done tours, I've lost money. Oh, um, it's it. I mean, like I've gone in the hole, and I can't afford to go in the hole because I I barely have you know. Twelve dollars in my right. bank account as yeah. it is, but yeah. um, you know, I I had to look at a different way of of being able to tour out because you have to do it. And so, 
one of the things that I've been working on is building um, a, all over the U.S. and Canada and Europe uh -huh. um, rhythm sections that are in that those parts of the country well, that's that people I trust. And then I go with you know a guitar player. That's traditional. I mean, that's not new. Jazz jazz guys have been doing that forever. Yeah. Well, it's the only way that it, it's the only way that makes sense for me. Yeah. And so, uh, like, um, Ben and I did. Have, did have done a bunch of shows. We we do uh -huh. shows together as duos, uh -huh. uh, in our acoustic duo, and we did a bunch of stuff in Florida and then Canada, uh -huh. and and, uh, and in fact, um, I love working with Lisa Mann too. And it's kind of you know tricky because Lisa is a great singer songwriter right. in in her own right. Uh -huh. um, she's a great front person. Uh -huh. So is Ben. Ben's a great singer. -songwriter. Do you sing together with her? Yeah, we do. What actually. songs do you do together? Well, actually, you know, it's kind of like we got the, the Waterfront Festival that we did. We won yeah, Performance yeah. of the Year for, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was this amazing band. It was Mark Bowden and Ben Rice, Lisa uh -huh. Mann, uh, Timmer Blakely, uh -huh. and yeah, Justin. I mean, it was just an amazing band and a great, great show. And I love working with Lisa and Ben and Mark and, um, and Dave Mellion. And yeah. so... We we're now doing. We started doing a few shows like that. We did the show in uh, uh, in Arizona last year, uh -huh. and so now people are inviting us to kind of do this sort of Pacific Northwest uh -huh. kind of thing, and yeah. it's really fun. So this weekend, um, Lisa and Ben and Mark and Dave Million and I are all we're going to do a show in L.A. and and uh, uh -huh. near Pasadena, and then we're going uh -huh. to Phoenix, and then we're going up to Ventura. And so uh, when you sing together, how does that work? Well, usually the way that it works is uh, Lisa is a is also you know does great harmonies, so uh -huh. she'll she'll back me up um, uh -huh. on vocals for my songs, uh -huh. uh, and then she does her own. You know, there are songs that Lisa does that are you know I absolutely love, so yeah. I'll ask her to do songs that you know, I love, and uh -huh. and I'll ask Ben to do songs that yeah. that yeah. Um, you know my favorites. So it's really fun. I get to be not only work the stage with them but then I also get to be a fan and listen to to their their music <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're also in, incredible people you know I think um, they're Lisa and Ben have to be two of the nicest people I've ever met uh -huh. and, uh, same with Mark same with Dave Dave's funny as can be Lisa yep. as funny as can be you yep. know so we, yeah. we laugh a lot when we work together um, but they're also really um, they're real pros, you know. Yeah. I, I know if, if we're going to do some work together, I know that all of those musicians will learn all the material and they show up prepared. And and we we really pour our hearts into it and we love working yeah. together. So yeah. Yeah. I think that that comes across to the, to the audiences that uh -huh. we're, we're not just into the music, but we really are into working together as uh -huh. an ensemble. And are you doing a crowdfunding campaign for your album? I am, actually. Okay. In fact, there's only about uh, 11 days left oh, geez. for me to make my goal. And um, I actually am doing something different this time. I'm, I'm, I went with Pledge Music um, because one of the things that Pledge will do is after, after an artist reaches 100% uh -huh. uh, of their crowdfunding goal, then you can donate to a charity of your choice. And oh. so I opted to work with Rain. Mm -hmm. um, which is the largest uh, organization in the United States dedicated to ending sexual violence. Mm -hmm. So that was an, an important factor for me. But, um, you know, it costs $24,000 pretty much to make an album. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's about $2,000 a track. Wow. Um, if you want to have really high production values. And, um, and so that's been my experience. Every record I've done has cost a yeah. minimum of, <laughs> of $20,000 to do. And I know, uh, you know, if that, that's just been, you know, what it is. So I've done private fundraising. Uh, this record, I kind of put the cart before the horse and I started mm -hmm. recording and, you know, before I actually had the money to do the record. Oh boy. Uh, in order to stick to my schedule and Eric's schedule because he's recording, you know, with, he's doing Walter Trout's album and John Mayall's. Uh -huh. So we had a really, really small window to get this done in order to be released in April. And so I'm actually uh, probably... <laughs> I, I'm like about fifteen thousand short of what I need wow. to actually get the record out, and oh. um, and it's and it's made. I've already, you know, I've, I've recorded it, yeah. but I yeah. am now need money to actually make yeah. the yeah. CDs yeah. and and release it. So, um, but my crowdfunder is on pledgemusic.com forward slash Karen Lovely. Uh, although if people forget that, they can just go to KarenLovely.com and I got links. Oh. But uh, one of the things that I want to do is, and I'm not asking people to just give me money, you know, I'm yeah. asking people to buy my record and trust that it's really good. Yeah. Um, there are three <coughs> tracks that I have for sneak preview on Pledge Music site. Mm -hmm. And I've got other special things, like I've got, uh, you know, all kinds of, I've got a t-shirt that I designed and mm -hmm. just special little exclusive things that people can get, um, you know, handwritten lyrics. Um, they can get album credits. They can get in the liner notes if they want. Um, and, and then if there's anyone out there with really big pockets, um, <laughs> like $5,000 worth of pockets, there you, you can be an executive producer on my record. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm just really asking, you know, people to, uh, to just help me by, by actually buying yeah. the music. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really great music. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when you consider it costs ten bucks for a digital album download, and you think, "What's ten bucks?" Mm -hmm. You know, that's like you, really? you get a cup of coffee, two cups of coffee, and you're right. done. Versus an album that you can listen to for yeah. the next thirty years, yeah. forty years. All right, so uh, we're sitting here on the twenty-first. Yes. Uh, this will go up next week. How about that? Okay. Before so you, then what, they're what? only going to have a few days. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll still have a few days, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they'll have a few days. Yeah. At fast. Yes. Yeah, other than in, the, in yeah, unison. Yeah. As opposed to me putting it up two weeks from now. Uh, when yes. it's over. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Before. Before. <laughs> and thank you because, um, honestly, my last record was only possible because of the people who supported me. It yeah. was, you know, 100%, you know, mm -hmm. fan funded. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way I was able to make that record and um you know i roll every bit of profit back into making my next record mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh if it wasn't for people buying it ahead of time i wouldn't have mm -hmm. been able to make it so mm -hmm. i want to thank everybody that did that because uh i owe my career to yeah. people who believe in me i understand yeah well thank you for coming in here i appreciate this has always been it's always good to talk to you and, thank you and it's always it's, you know it's just I, I um, so let's see. Um, why don't you formally <laughs> introduce that tune, and then we'll go right to it. Great. Um, we are going to hear Hades Bride, and uh, this is a song that I wrote, and it has um, uh, I 
I'm going to let the song speak for itself. All right. Thanks for coming. It's always Thank great to so see you. Thank you so much, Tom. I, I really appreciate you letting me be on your show. There was a time I'd hang on to your every word. There was a time you held me like a baby bird until you clipped my wings and I couldn't soar. Your love a pendulum. I was tied to the board. There was a time I let you. Kiss all my tears away You were Damascus I pounded at the gate All oh, those times I fell for All your little games Sorry I love you Baby, I've changed There was a time when I pushed There was a time that you shoved there Time I thought what we had was love. There was a time your love hit me like Frazier hit Ali. There was a time I was Achilles and you dropped me to my knees. Your bride. 